0: This is Live on Purpose Radio, episode 568 What I Want My Children to Know Before I Die, with Xane Anderson. Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live On Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink, who expands your life with another episode of Live On Purpose Radio. And joining me today is a returning guest, a friend and colleague that has an important message to share today. I'm welcoming again, Xane Anderson to the show. Welcome, X.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Paul. What an honor to be here with you today. You know,
0: I I didn't even ask you if it's okay to call you X. I know that's what your wife calls you, and that makes you nervous (laughs) sometimes.
1: Well, I don't know if it's a good thing if your <laughs> wife calls you X. My full name is Xane. And like I think I've told you before, they say it Swedish. I've been to Sweden. There is not a single person in Sweden named Xane. So go figure. My wife does indeed call me X. So I'm my wife's X and we're married. <laughs> and you're happily married.
0: So um, and that is a unique name. Xane. Sounds kind of like insane. Only right. Xane.
1: <laughs> right. If you're having problems remembering it, just insane Xane. Right. Uh, <laughs> depending on the day, it may or may not be true. We'll, we'll say. You know
0: what, X? I was looking at your website and your your newest book that has the same title as this episode. What I want my children to know before I die. And I've heard you tell the story before about where that came from because you had a powerful experience as a young child that left a lasting impression on you and taught you something about what our role is as parents. Would you be open to sharing that story with our audience here today?
1: Certainly, certainly. You know, when I was young, I, I used to like to draw trees and I would draw them with every yeah. branch, every little twig every detail you can imagine a tree with dozens of leaves on it uh later i went to school and i saw how the other children drew trees and and you may kind of guess how they drew them they kind of drew them with two with lines and a little poofy cloud on top yeah when when i went to school and saw how they drew them i i uh stopped drawing them the way i used to and started drawing them the way the other children did i found out later that my mom when she saw this she cried she really cried Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward a few years You know, I was, uh, was at a Little League game and there was a few different ways, Dr. Paul, you can play Little League. You can either be good and hit the ball. Mm-hmm. If, you're pathetic, if you were pathetic like I was, you just hold the bat out in front of you and the ball would hit it, it would drop. It's called a bunt. I had one bunt the entire season, but I'm not here to tell you how pathetic I was. When I came home from this game, uh, my, there's something that was kind of interesting. My mom complained of a very severe headache mm-hmm. and... This is not normal for her. She didn't get migraines. She didn't get, uh, she wasn't the kind that typically had headaches. And it became so severe that my dad became very concerned. And he said, we're going to take mom to the hospital. Well, I remember standing there in the front room of our home, giving my mom a hug. And I, I said, I love you, mom. And then they drove away. Well, I was a little worried about this. This had never happened before where my mom had to be taken to the hospital for a headache. And I, my uncle just happened to be visiting us. And I went to my uncle and I said, do you think, is my mom going to die? And he said, she's not going to die. She probably just has a migraine. And I said, do you promise my mom's not going to die? Mm. And he said, I promise she's not going to die. She probably just has a migraine. And I wanted to believe him. Well, I went, I went down to my bedroom. I started reading the book. Waiting up, waiting for my parents to get there. And I waited and I waited and they didn't get home. And I probably stayed up till around two or three in the morning before I finally fell asleep. Well, the next day I awoke and um, I was a little anxious. I climbed off my bunk bed. I went to the door. And I opened the door, uh, anxious to see my parents. And on, on the outside of my room, there was kind of this long family room. Mm-hmm. I, as I looked out in the room, I could see my dad on the other side of his room, but something was different. My mom was not there. Instead, there was a, a neighbor and another neighbor and a friend and another friend and another neighbor and another neighbor. It seemed like half the neighborhood was at our home. Uh-oh. And As I approached my dad, I could see that he had tears in his eyes. He'd been crying. He had tears on his cheeks. And as I got even closer, um, you know, I, my dad kind of gathered the children around him and he said words I'll never forget. He said, I think our mom is going to leave us. Mm. Even though I was only eight or nine, I kind of figured out what was going on. And I went into this panic and I said, Dad, Dad, we got to do something. We got to do something. What can we do? What can we do? What had happened, Dr. Paul, is my mom had suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, which means a blood vessel in her brain had burst. Right. She was now brain dead at the hospital, being kept alive by a life support system. I remember a couple days later walking in, I could see my mom on this hospital bed. She had tubes coming out of her nose. She couldn't breathe on her own. She had this... This uh, respirator had to help her breathe, so her chest kind of rose and fall fell with the help of a machine, which seemed very unnatural to me. And I was scared. I was scared. And, um, eventually, it, became, it came time for them to take my mom off this machine. There was nothing they could do. She was brain dead. I remember when they did that she kind of crinkled up and turned bluish. And I remember Dr. Paul wanting to give her a kiss, but I was afraid to. So I just went and kissed the air a couple inches from her, from her cheek and then, and then left. Well, I heard later from an anesthesiologist who was one of our family. I heard that my mom, after I'd left, she went from being kind of crinkled up to on her own she kind of spread her spread her arms out, almost like angel's wings, like she was coming into a beautiful place. But here's my question for you. Mm. How do you think I draw trees now? <sighs> well, right. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I draw them the way I see them, the way I think my mom would want me to draw. Um, and I got to tell you, Dr. Paul, even though I haven't given my mom a hug, In over 37 years. There's something that's almost as good as giving your mom a hug. And it's feeling her influence. Right. And I feel her influence all the time. In fact, right now, I'm sharing my heart with you and your listeners. Right now, I'm drawing trees the way I see them right now. Mm -hmm. And, And I want you to know that. So thank you for the question. It was a great question.
0: Thank you for sharing that, X. And I've, I've heard the story before. Every time I hear it, it reminds me of the profound impact that we can have as parents. It, even when we're not present, and I think many of you listeners are going to agree with this. I mean, there are times when you see or feel or hear your parents maybe coming out in your own voice in a moment of frustration or in a moment of inspiration. The programming that we get as young children from our parents is is profound and it's lasting. And it's something I love about your story too, X, is that it, it, it's an inspiring story, even though it's a tragic story. And you're many years past this now, but still drawing on the power of that story to inspire the people that you speak to. I know you're a speaker and you provide programs for, for audiences to, to inspire them with a story that's been so meaningful and impactful for you. So I, I appreciate it on that level, too, that this is something that can raise our awareness and maybe make us a little more intentional, or as we like to say on this show, on purpose with the way we approach our our job as a parent, that most important job in the world. tell tell me what's at the top of your heart and mind about that. What is it that you're hoping parents? can learn from this or how do we apply this as we move forward in that job?
1: Well, I've got to tell you, for for parents out there who think that what they're doing is not having an impact, I'm going to tell you, for good or for evil, it's happening. Right. Either way, right? Either way, right. And the little tiny things we do mean more than we think. Um, You know, I could tell you things my mom said just a little, it took her five seconds or less that still impact me today. Just knowing that my mom wanted me to draw trees the way I see them still impacts me. You know, really interesting. I had a conversation with my brother. My brother went to Harvard, got a master's degree in education at Harvard. And we love to talk about education. And one time I was chatting with him and he said, We were talking about what is the best way to educate somebody? Like, what if, what would you, if there was no limit? On mm. how much you could spend, and the techniques you could use, what would be the absolute best way to to educate someone? As we were talking about this, the idea came out. Well, what if you could follow around the person you wanted to be with? Like, let me just give you an example. If I wanted to be a say a hedge fund manager, which I think is the top paid career in the whole world, right? They make billions mm. of dollars a lot of times. Right now, to be a hedge fund manager, you'd have to go probably get to an Ivy League school. So you'd have to do really really good on the uh, on the GMAT. Probably get to an Ivy League school, maybe put in 20, 30 years at a firm. And then maybe at some point, a few decades from now, you could be a hedge fund manager. And that's not necessarily a bad track. But what if you could skip a little bit of that and you could just follow around the top hedge fund manager in the entire world? If Mm. you could follow up into their meetings, if you could sit with them, if you could see what kind of when they bought, when they sold, when they, they, um, you know, uh, how they made decisions, how they hired and fired, what they stopped, talked about in the conference rooms. Do you think you could learn pretty quickly how to do it? If you could see what they were actually doing in real life. And as we were talking about this, the idea was you probably could learn much, much more quickly because you're watching, you're following this person you want to be like. Well, after I had this, this conversation with my brother, I'm sitting at this stoplight just afterwards. And this truck comes barreling by. And it hit me harder than this truck. I thought the best way to teach people has been around for thousands and thousands of years. It's called parenting. We have little people who get to follow us around in the most effective way to teach. And for, like we said, for better or for worse, right? Like I like how you said it, Dr. Paul, when you said, you know, you might hear something that your parents said that was inspiring, or also that maybe you wish that you wouldn't have said because. You, you, you learned that from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that thought that we are using the best way to teach somebody. Now, I'm going to fast forward to just one, one, one more second here. Um, I was working many years ago for this. Uh, I was, was actually a real estate company. And it was right after the real estate crash. And they were trying to get some business to sell these homes. They set us out two and two to go to these doors to try to get people to a seminar. Anyway, I was knocking on these doors, trying to see if we could sell some homes to these renters. We knocked on the door. There was a little kid who came to the door and said, My mom told me that she can't come to the door right now because she's in the shower. And then from behind the door, the mom said, Okay, sweetheart, now you can shut the door. Okay. <laughs> you could tell that the mom obviously was not in the shower she was there now when we heard this we thought it was kind of funny and it kind of comes across as a humorous story but as i thought about it later i thought you know what this is really interesting because here was this mom probably you know probably well-intentioned she wasn't she wasn't trying i I don't think that mom got up that day and said today i'm going to teach my kid to lie right i'm going to teach it's on my checklist like teach johnny to lie or to the, the, the daughter to lie or whatever it was um, but, but they, they were, they were inadvertently through the best way to teach somebody, which is through your example, teaching them that, Hey, if you're uncomfortable, you don't want to talk to somebody, just tell a little, a little, a, a fib or why lie or a no lie. And, um, I think if we can think about that in a good way, if we can say, okay, what are the things I can do? And there are some good things. I love your positive, your positive, you know, pathological positivity that you're all about mm-hmm. living on purpose um that we could talk about but i just that thought that parents have such a huge effect on their kids and in fact if you want to talk about positive reinforcement we could talk about that next but um, thanks for listening to that piece it was a great question
0: well i when you say positive reinforcement i think just to underscore what you've already shared here xane you've you've illustrated that. The best way to learn is is through example and close, frequent contact with a mentor. And that's what parents are. They are mentoring their kids. And beyond that, there's a little idea that I call programming. And programming has to do with the way our brain operates. There are neural pathways. Think of it as cruise control or autopilot that gets programmed in. So English, for example, here we are speaking English as if it's easy. It's not an easy language, but we were programmed to speak English by people who didn't even give us a choice. And that's a good example, I think, of what this programming is all about. And as parents, we don't just program our kids in their native language. We program them in how they interact with other people, how they show up in the world, how they handle things like responsibility and morals and values and ethics. So, you know, you share the story of the the kid who is being coached from behind the door to say something that's not completely true. He's being programmed. And that same mom shows up in my office years later. Wondering why her child is misrepresenting to her where he's been and who he's been with. And uh, it goes back learned, to some of that program. Her, right? Yeah. Well, one of my colleagues and this, I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but one of my colleagues was uh, considering the title for his new book. And he came to my office one day and he ran it by me. He said, here's my my title idea, Nature or Nurture. Either way, it's your parents' fault. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shut it down because I there's things I don't like about the title, but I had to chuckle a little bit because we do have a profound influence. Now, in saying that, I do not want any of you parents listening today to think that we're blaming you for everything that's happening with your kid any more than we are awarding you for any of your child's achievements. But let's be honest about the impact that parents have. And that's uh that's really clear, you know, Xane, as you're sharing your story with us. Um I'm going to give you a few minutes to talk about this positive reinforcement idea, because I think there's something in that that could be useful.
1: Well, thanks. Well, you know, I read this book, so I'm not going to take credit for it. I read a book called The Power of Positive Parenting was by Glenn Latham. And one of the, the premises of this book is that you water the behaviors you want to see grow with attention. In other words, um you know, so have you ever seen a parent? I've, I've been guilty of this where parent where the kid walks in and you say, "Well, I can't believe you didn't make your bed, and I can't believe you didn't uh, you stayed up till three o'clock in the morning last night, and you didn't you didn't you're getting a C minus in math." Well, what's that parent doing? They're they're watering the behaviors they don't want to see grow with attention, and they found that it's so much more effective to water the behaviors you want to see grow. And in this book, he talks a little bit about how there was this kid who was sent to the principal's office all the time. I'm hoping I'm telling the story correctly the kid was sent to the principal's office so much that they got a counselor to come in and see what was going on and he sat there and he noticed that the child was doing a lot of things right was uh you know uh was doing some things right but getting zero attention for it but as soon as the child would do something wrong the, the, the teacher would say, Oh, there you go again, and write his name on the board. And then he'd do something else and get a check mark, do something else and get a check mark, do something else and get a check mark. Finally, he had enough check marks. They marched him down and they sat him in this office. The, the, the girl in the office said something like, I know you'd be here again. And she sat him next to the window, right? And it was right before lunch. And so, as the bell rang, these kids came by and they're kind of waving to him, and he's kind of waving to them. He's kind of the cool bad kid. And the, the council said, you know, this is pretty predictable, pretty predictable behavior. I mean, he's getting a lot of attention for doing what's, what's wrong and not attention Mm -hmm. for what's constructive or right, you know, and, um, and, uh, and so it, it was kind of that, that's what happened. Well, I got to tell you this one time, um. My daughter, my daughter got up when she was about six or seven. And there was one time I actually did this right. Okay. I'll tell you about one time I got, <laughs> got up and she she knocked on my door. She was probably six or seven. And she said, Surprise, Dad. I got my I, I got ready for school. I made my lunch. I made my bed. I'm ready to go to school. And I just learned about positive reinforcement. I went to my wife back in the closet. I said, Hey, let's try this out. Let's give it a lot of attention, see what happens. And she said, Okay. So I went out and I said, Wow, your bed looks great. You made your lunch. We didn't even have to ask you. You got dressed. You're ready for school. And my wife kind of laid it on thick. Well, here's the interesting thing. Guess what happened? Well, she did it again. Right now, big surprise. Big (laughs) surprise. Right. This kind of, and um, she did it again. She did it again. And um, we kept watering it with attention. And I I can't take credit. By the way, as you said, my my daughter is a good girl can't take credit for, for her choices. But I did notice that she's become that kind of person who just gets up and does things on her own. And I think that was uh, something as a parent that was very helpful for me to say, you know, um, let's catch our, let's catch our children doing stuff that's right and give them attention. There's enough negativity out there. Yes. Let's catch them doing something right. And I think when I say, right, some people, you know, Let's catch them doing the behaviors that will help them uh, be productive and, 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 and wonderful in, in, in the world. So, well, that becomes just, the payoff for them. You
0: know, and you've probably heard it, X, and I know a lot of parents have the oh, they're just doing it for attention, right? I mean, kids do a lot of things for attention. Well, yeah, bad breath is better than no breath at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so kids, if they get attention for something, whether it's positive or negative, it tends to reinforce that behavior in the kid, meaning you're going to see more of it. So I think your point is well taken. Let's let's pick up on the positive and water that with the
1: attention about we can get it to grow. That's exactly right. And, And just just one more step past that, you know, just. Because it's a principle. I know you talk about principles that help people live mm. on purpose. You know, the same principle of catching somebody doing right. Um, it helps in the business world. I could tell all kinds of stories about how it's helped me in a, in a business setting. It um, yeah. helps in a parenting setting. Just catching people doing something right is, is, a, is a great thing.
0: And then showing them a little love for that. Give them some attention. Let them know through appreciation and acknowledgement and recognition. This works with kids. It works with employees. It works with neighbors. It works with kids on the team that you're coaching. It does. These are principles of leadership that we're talking about. And what more important leadership position could there be than a parent? I was was excited uh, to see this book i haven't I haven't had a chance to get my own copy of that book yet. I'm going to chase one down because you know that um near and dear to my heart is positive parenting and so I want to add that to my collection soon and I'm excited to uh to do that maybe I can get an autographed copy somehow.
1: Absolutely. I'll make sure to get you an autograph copy.
0: Let's see if we can make that happen. Where do people go, X, if they want to connect with you, with your books, maybe get you to come and speak at their event? Uh, Would it be your website? Is that the best place to go?
1: Yeah, you could go to my website, which is either uh, xfactoredge.com. I also have another website called xsane.com, if you can spell my name, E-K-S-A-Y-N.com. But those are probably the best places.
0: And that's the one I know you've got some uh, principles of positive parenting that you share too, like five principles or something. Can you tell us about that and what they're going to get if
1: they sign up for that? Well, that's a great question. Let me tell you one of the principles that should be on that list. If it's not, let me let me tell you here that I just want to tell one quick story. OK. About expectations. Um you know, we have one in life that's called expectations. So we expect a certain level of something. And a lot of times our reality comes in lower. Right. So here's I expect my life, my job, my spouse, my children to do this. But that's just not happening. And the distance between these two things, these high expectations and this lower reality is called frustration. Mm. Um, if we can manage expectations to where people can, you know, where reality comes into what we. So if we say we're going to do something, we do it. And then there's there's less frustration right here. Now if you're really good and you want to influence people if you can flip these lines like this let me tell you what I mean if you can say if i can make people's reality better than they expect i want to just tell one quick story of this i got it right once with my wife don't always my wife oftentimes she has expectations here that are high and i sometimes come in low and she'll so she's frustrated with me right but sometimes mm-hmm. i've been flipped the line let me tell you a real quick story my wife was saying that she wanted to she missed her parents And she kept Mm -hmm. telling me how much she missed her parents. Well, at the time, her parents lived in San Diego. And she said it enough that I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can surprise her and make her reality a little bit better than she expects. And what I did is I went and I picked, I I bought a plane ticket to San Diego, but I didn't tell her. Um, And I had my oldest daughter pack a bag, so I made sure I had all the right stuff in it. (laughs) And we were (laughs) heading down to go see the lights down at this place. Near where I live in the, in the winter, in the winter time, they were, we were going to go down and see some lights in December for the holidays. And as we were driving along, there's this place where you can either go down and see the lights, or you can go to the airport. And we were following some friend, some extended family, down to this place to see some lights. And she just thought we were going to go see lights. Well, as we were driving along, about three miles before we got to this turn where you could go to the airport or to down down to see these lights, she it was perfect timing. She said, "I'm really missing my parents right now." And I said, I just thought to myself, what great timing. We got to the turn and I, I turned to, I said, you know what? I think you should go see your parents. We, as everybody was going down this one pathway on the freeway, I turned towards the airport and she looked at me and she said, you did, you missed the turn. And I said, yeah, I did. I, I said, I think you should go see your parents. So we pull up to the airport terminal and, uh, she just thought I was being dumb. She just thought I was being, you know, she just thought, what are you doing? Anyway, I popped the trunk, I pulled out the bag, I handed her a boarding pass. She looked at the boarding pass and she said, Is this real? Is this r- real? Is this I said, It's real. Go enjoy yourself. I'll take the kids for a few days and go see your parents. I got to tell you, Dr. Paul, that was the best thing I ever did for my marriage. Things were good. And we won't get into details, but it was because he's a. Uh, the lines, I was able to help make reality a little bit better than expect, expected. And if we can do that in our relationships with our children, with our spouses, mm-hmm. um, I think we can do that. That was a long answer to your question, but that's one of the things that should be on there.
0: Well, that's an amazing example of how you can upgrade your relationships, live on purpose. I mean, that's the theme of this show. And you took the time, went to the effort to intentionally create that live on purpose that's what it's all about thank you for sharing that xane well thanks for having
1: me dr paul
0: you guys got if you weren't listening earlier there's um the, uh, the quickest way is probably just go to xane.com e k s a y n and then you'll always remember how to spell his name too e k s ay and that's where you can connect to Xane Anderson, his book, which is called What I Want My Children to Know Before I Die. You've got some free gifts and other things that you're offering there too. Thank you for being a guest here today, Xane. It was fun to talk to you again.
1: Thank you, Dr. Paul. What an honor to be on your show. All
0: right. You've got it. Time to go put it to use. So let's go live on purpose. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.